Hello and welcome to the trade deadline special episode of Chatter from the Cheap Seats. We just had the 2021 MLB trade deadline and we're going to talk all about it. Sammy, how you doing, my friend? Jack, I am not. I'm usually doing good, right? I'm usually happy, whatever. And yeah, I had a good day today, but I did not have a good day yesterday. May I ask why? I have no idea. So, if you haven't heard, the Cubs basically took the hearts of the fans, just took a knife, just took it out, and here we are. You know, I'm not, I, I don't have a heart, but I'm still here. Um, it has been a rough, rough three, two, three days. Um, the Cubs traded... I want to say nine or ten guys at the deadline. Um, you know, a lot of guys I knew were going to get traded. Kimbrel, as much as it sucked, he had to go. You know, he was a reliever. It was, you know, we're a selling team that made sense. You know, there was some of the relievers like Chafin and then even some guys like Marisnik. But um, the ones that hurt are um, Rizzo who Jack got traded to the Yankees. Um, Javi Baez, who's now playing tonight. You know, Rizzo's playing tonight. Baez, who's playing tonight, is the Mets. And the one that hurt me the most. I'm going to get up for a second. If you're watching this on the podcast app, Sammy has stood up. He has turned around. He is wearing his number 17. Was that number 17? Number 17. Number 17. Chris Bryant jersey. Yeah. Sammy, I have to say, every emotion that you're feeling right now, I feel the exact opposite. I had a fantastic trade deadline. Jack, you're starting it off with Joey Gallo. And then we get one Anthony Vincent Rizzo absolutely fleeced both teams. I mean, what an unbelievable. What an unbelievable deadline. We got two all-star caliber players, and we paid nothing for them. Both teams, both the Rangers and the Cubs, are picking up the entire tab where we paid nothing. I mean, just unbelievable. I am so beyond happy, and we have seen it through the first two games that Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo played as Yankees. Just a spark, immediate spark to the lineup. Joey Gallo... Hasn't gotten any hits, but just missed a home run. And he's just working counts. I think he's gotten like, I'd say 80% of his at-bats, he's gotten to to full counts. Anthony Rizzo has been lighting the world on fire. And the Yankees just look like a completely different ball club. I could not be happier. So, Sammy. Jack, I'm glad you're doing well. But Thank you. I appreciate that. Before, um, I get, gotta let me finish about the Cubs right here. Just okay, second. you're right. Sammy deserves a proper memorial. Are we going through the stages of grief again, just like when you guys got swept by the Marlins? I, you know, I don't even know what phase is I it. Is it I, this severe? It's more, oh, it, it's more, worse. It's worse. worse. Um, but 
this is the worst it's ever been as a Cubs fan for me. I think um, it was maybe when we got swept in 15, but like we won it in the next year or so. But um, so yesterday, so I, let, let's start. A few weeks ago, I got tickets to the Cubs Nats game because we always go when the Cubs are in town uh, every time. And it happened to be July 30th. It was like, you know, a month ago, two months ago. So I kind of wasn't really even aware or thinking about the trade deadline at that point. The Cubs may have even been like second place at that point. Like it, the season was still, there was still hope live in this for the season. Um, so we got those tickets a while ago. And then we kind of realized this week, it's like, oh my God, like that is the day of the trade deadline. And the game was seven o'clock deadlines at four. So we going into the week had no idea you know, the trade talks have been happening a long time. Um, who would be, thinking- I, I said it, Sammy, at the beginning of the season, I said, I predicted before the season that the Cubs were going to be sellers. Now. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I should have listened to you, Jack. Uh, but yeah, so we had no idea who would be playing really for either side because the nationals were also a selling team, but we just didn't know how hard either of these teams would go. What happened was both these teams basically sold the hardest out of any team in baseball. I don't think there were any teams that, you know, got rid of as many key pieces as the nationals and the Cubs, the nationals got rid of Scherzer, Turner, Harrison, Gomes that got rid of Hudson. Um, I'm probably missing you. Schwarber. Uh, they cleared house. And then the Cubs, obviously, you know, Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, Chafin, Tapera. I mean, basically the entire, the entirety of that great bullpen we had a few months ago Kimbrel. is gone. Kimbrel. But um, so I got to the game early because we all I love being at the ballpark. And I actually got there like three hours early because we, we had to beat the traffic. It was not horrible, but we were preparing for the worst. So we're at the ballpark and we we're just walking around and we saw this area that had a bunch of, you know, it was like gated off and there was a parking lot and there was like one family and a guy standing over there. There was a, an older dude. And we went over there and we actually found out that they were standing outside the player's parking lot. And you know, these are Cubs fans, this family. And the guy was just someone who gets autographs a bunch. But they were waiting for players to leave the clubhouse who had just gotten traded. Um, That's kind of sad. It was really sad. And as soon as I got there, basically, Josh Harrison comes rolling along, and I'll I'll edit pictures in uh, just so you guys believe me. Josh Harrison comes rolling along in this car, very nice car, and he very nice car. window. <laughs> yeah, of course, he rolls down his window and he's just talking to us. And my dad asked him, was like, "Oh, where'd you get traded?" Because he knew he got traded, but he had forgotten where. He's like, "Oh, where'd you get traded?" And he was just like, "Yeah, I got traded to Oakland, nicest guy ever." And Josh Harrison signed. My Cubs hat, you, you can see right there, um, which is it's kind of weird because he's never really – I think he was a Cub for a little bit, but he's not really known for being a Cub. But, I think of him as a pirate. Oh, yeah, he was great. But uh, Josh Harrison autographed there on my hat. and But I, we were still waiting, obviously, because we had really just in the past hour heard the news about Bryant because that was right up to the deadline, which was just heartbreaking. But I'll talk a little bit more about later in the episode. But we are waiting for Bryant – and maybe Baez has just gotten traded. Who knows? Like we we're just kind of out there seeing what would happen. So we're kind of standing there for like 30 minutes. Nothing really happened. 
but then a car pulls up kind of like a limo sort of situation and the older the older guy he asked the driver who he was waiting for and the driver's like i don't even know who i'm driving so we had no idea but a few minutes later craig kimbrell comes walking out of the door uh, you know in, in his street clothes and everything but you can tell it's like the red beard and the longish hair uh so you can see kimbrell and he has like these big suitcases with all his stuff he's putting them in the car because he's going straight to the airport to go back to chicago because he got traded to the white Sox, and that was pretty cool and then a few minutes after that chris bryant walks out the door and you know chris bryant if you don't already know is my favorite baseball player so it was pretty amazing you know because you i don't know if you've seen the video jack of him crying right after i have i i sent that video to you yeah right yeah heartbreaking but that was only really an hour after that chris bryant comes out and it's really us and like five other people just there he gets in his car on his way to the airport and we at you know the, the guy asked i kind of asked but i not as pushy as i should be um you know for an autograph and he's like oh i can't i have to catch a flight obviously a flight to san francisco uh as the you know that's where he got traded um so he gets in the car and we were kind of cheering for him just you know small group of people and you could see out the window of his car a thumbs up and the cool thing is he kind of drove away after that or in, in his car that was really the last interaction bryant had with cubs fans you know kind of as a chicago cub and i was part of the like that small group of fans so I, that was a long story, but I think it was worth it because it was amazing for me to be able to be there to send off Chris Bryant, my, my favorite baseball player of all time, in person. So, you know, thank you, Chris, for everything. It breaks my heart. Um, and we'll get into the baseball talk here in just a second. But, um, yeah, I, I hope you guys like that story because it was meaningful to me to be able to see uh, KB and Kimbrell and uh, Josh Harrison um, on their way out, uh, you know, after getting traded, it Boy, that, that must've been such, such an awesome feeling for Kimbrell. You know, he doesn't have like an emotional attachment to the Cubs. So it's not like it, the Chris Bryant or Anthony Rizzo. You don't have to move. Don't have you don't to have to sell your house. You can stay in the same area, but all of a sudden you're put on a contender that that is such a great feeling. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I think for Kimbrell, he's definitely like, yeah, let's get, woo, go white socks. Like, I don't think he really was super attached to the Cubs. I loved Kimbrell, but you know, I was, he just wasn't there as long. He wasn't part of the, you know, key years in Cubs history, but you know, for Bryant Rizzo Baez, it's just like for them all to be shipped off in a 24 hour period hurts. Like you can take it one at a time, sort of to an extent, but like it's, I think I'm still in denial for talking about stages of grief, Jack. But um, I don't know where I stand on the stage of the Greek, but we do got to get talking business here with some of these because we, a lot of moves happened. I mean, there must have been like 30 or 40 trades. One of the most eventful trade deadlines of all time. Oh, I think it is the most eventful. I think it is the most eventful, Sammy. And, and just so the audience is clear, this is not going to be a full episode. We're not going to talk basketball and football, although we do know – there's some exciting news in those sports, so we will come out with a you know our normal episode next week. But this is just a trade deadline special, so we're just spending 
the full time talking about the trade deadline. And boy, am I excited to get started. Sammy, what is the first trade that we have? And can you explain to our fine audience what we are going to be doing? Yes. All right. So Jack and I are going to be grading. Jack and I are the teachers today. We are the professors, if you will, just like Kyle Hendricks, who is still on the Cubs, one of the few. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we are going to be the teachers today. And a lot of teams filled out their assignments. They did some trades. And Jack and I are going to be giving them grades. So um, we're not going to do every trade. We're going to do maybe around 15. We'll see where time goes, how much we want to spend on certain trades. But we'll start going chronologically based on when they happened. And we'll take it from there, see what happens. But we're going to be giving each team in each trade a grade. That rhymed. So I'm going to end on that. That was pretty cool. <laughs> All right. Absolutely. First trade, first trade, Adam Frazier to the Padres. This is the one that I think it happened right after we recorded last episode, maybe like the next day or something. So we haven't been able to talk about it, but it does feel like a while ago that it happened. Jack, I'm going to have you go first. Padres grade, Pirates grade in this trade. So the Padres grade, I'm going to go B plus. I'm going to go B plus with the Padres. I think, you know, it's a solid move. He is, I mean, Adam Frazier is a very solid player. He's having an unbelievable season. He's he's pretty young. He's 29. So not old. Not old. He's he's a high on base guy, high average guy, high OPS, high everything. He's just having an unbelievable season. 820 OPS, 381 on base percentage, 319 batting average. Only a 439 slugging with four homers, but I mean, trust me, the San Diego has enough guys that can slug homers. So I think he's a guy that, you know, he feels a need and I think it's a solid move. It's not something that, that you're going to say, okay, this puts them over the top, but it's a, it's a really solid move. I, I really like this move. I really like it too. And you see how important getting guys like this are because Frazier is a total utility guy. You can put him at a lot of different spots in the outfield, in the infield, and that helps because guess what happened, you know, the next few days? Tatis goes on the IL. So that, now that sucks. it gives you it gives you because I think before they were kind of stuck. They had to put either Kim, uh ha- Young Kim, uh, who they added last offseason, or Cronenworth at shortstop. But then if you don't have Cronenworth at shortstop, you're going to put a second base. So it's kind of like it put them in a little bit of a pickle. But now because you have Adam Frazier, you can put almost anywhere on the field. You have a lot of flexibility with a guy like Tatis out, not to mention that you can, to an extent, replenish the hits and the offensive production that you would get with Tatis in the lineup. I mean, Frazier's been great. I What I love about it, the Padres have a lot of guys who are high home run, high strikeout. I think Machado falls into that category. Tatis falls into that category. Um, I don't think Cronenworth does, but Frazier is a total low strikeout guy. He's, like Jack said, not going to have the slug, but he barely strikes out. He maybe like 5% of the time I saw last, maybe a little higher than that, but he's been incredible at limiting strikeouts, putting the ball in play, and that's huge. If you have a guy base hit and then Tatis come up or Machado come up, hit a home run, that's how you have winning teams in the playoffs. So 
like Jack said, this doesn't necessarily put them over the edge, but it's a solid move. Pirates, what's your grade for the Pirates in this deal? I gave them a D. I'll go first here. A D. Here. And, yeah. and what was your what was your grade for the Padres again? Oh, I didn't even say uh, B plus. I agree with B plus. You. Okay, B plus. The, yes, so we agree on the Padres. Pirates, I gave a D because the big headliner in this deal was I'm probably going to butcher this. Chukupita Marcano. If I butchered that, I was practicing that name also. Don't worry, Sammy. Yeah, that that's a tough one, but um, he was he's a very interesting prospect because. By MLB Pipeline, he was ranked fifth best prospect in the Padres system. Now, after he got moved, Fangraphs put him 33rd in the Pirates system. So there's huge disagreement. That can't, that can't be right. I I read that. I read it in Cause the wait because the Padres, but the Padres have one of the best farm systems in baseball. I don't know. I mean, I know it's weakened because of all the trades, but he was their fifth prospect. He's, it's it's not as much about the switch from pirates to or Padres to Pirates. It's more, I think, about a bunch people don't know what to think about this guy. There's a lot of disagreement about who this player is. And I you know, I don't know too much about him, but when you have disagreement over a prospect, I mean, getting into a prospect is already a big risk. Even if everybody's like, yeah, this guy's gonna be the next whatever. If there's disagreement already about this guy, it's a huge risk. Maybe it pays off. It's hard to tell with prospects, but I'm giving them a D because this could be a huge risk. And Adam Frazier, yes, I think his contract was coming up soon, but he was a decently young player, and Pirates have some pieces. If they were to extend him, maybe he'd be a part of a winning team, possibly a playoff team in the next few years. I understand wanting to trade him, but I just – I think – what you'd be getting back is not necessarily ideal. So I, I like it for the Padres, not so much for the Pirates. Let's, let's move on. Stay in Pirates. Sammy, Sammy, Sammy. I haven't given my grade yet. Come on. Oh, I'm so sorry. Come on. Come on. Okay. Come on. I, okay. Gotta, so gotta give Jack his chance. I'm sorry. Pirates grade for you. I, I apologize. I, I, I give it a flat C. Not a C plus, not a C minus, a flat C. Because, like you said, Sammy, Tucupita Marcano or Tucupita Marsano is yeah, I don't know. <laughs> the headliner of this trade. And if you look at his stats in AAA, and I and I just want to preface this by saying when we're doing the prospect side of the deal, we have no idea what we're talking about. Nobody has any idea what they're talking about when they're talking about prospects. Prospects are so hit and miss. If you can outside of like here. the top 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 prospects in baseball nobody has any idea and that's that's what makes them so so crazy and that's why i can't stand general managers who prospect hug but like i said i gave this a c i think marsano has a 367 on base percentage which is really solid but he only has a 101 rcs plus which is yeah. not not that great not what you want wrc wrc plus never mind okay yeah, which is not not that great. So I give them a flat C. But Sammy, let's move on now to Tyler Anderson. Pirates land. We're staying in staying with the Bucks. Yes. Now this, I'm going to start with the Pirates here. I'll start with the Pirates since we're just on them. I give them a C in this deal. Like I, I just Anderson was a guy who's doing well. He's kind of on the older side. I don't this kind of seems like an outlier year for him 
to be honest. Uh, I, I don't know if Anderson can sustain the success. So you get some prospects back for this. I don't hate it for the Pirates. For the Mariners, I like this trade. I really do. I give it a B because starting pitching has been a weakness for them. And they're a team that all of a sudden is in the AL wildcard race right there with the A's and the Yankees and the Blue Jays. They're right there with some of these other teams, you know, Rays as well. Um, with Paxton, he got hurt. His reunion, right, with the Mariners, everyone was hyped about that. Cut short two innings into the season. Tommy John for him. Justin Dunn is hurt. Justice Sheffield recently got hurt. And this is a rotation that wasn't that great to begin with. And they've had a ton of injuries. So being able to add Anderson, who's been very solid this year, for something ERA, it's a great piece to add into this rotation to hopefully give you some more depth. Um, it's going to bolster the, this rotation for sure. Kikuchi and Gonzalez are going to need help up there in Seattle, and Anderson's got to do it. Jack, what are your grades here in the Tyler Anderson deal to the Mariners? So I'm just going to go ahead and do both because I have the same grade for both teams. I have a C-plus for both teams. Yeah, that seems pretty fair. It's roughly what I had him in. I think that, you know, on the pirate side of things, he's a 31-year-old starting pitcher. He, he doesn't have that much control. So when you're talking about someone who's not going to be around by the time you guys are going to make any moves playoff-wise anyway, it's sort of like, you know, deal them for what you can. I'm, I'm not too familiar with the prospects, but, you know, prospects are going to be prospects. They, they got multiple guys, which is what you want to do when you're trading someone who's not going to get, not going to get you that headline, you know, centerpiece top prospect. And from the Mariners point of view, he's exactly what they need, but you know, it's not, a he's, it, he's sort of meh, right? He's, he's, he's what they need. Don't get me wrong. He, he he's going to eat innings for them, which is going to be very important coming off of the, the 60 game season in the second half of the 2021 season, being able to eat innings. He's a guy 4.35 ERA. He's five and eight, oh. you know, he's a rental which is solid numbers. It's not blowing you away. I mean, he's a four to five back of the rotation kind of starter, but he's going to be able to eat innings for Seattle. So that's why I give them a C plus. All right. Now let's move on in staying in Seattle, kind of staying with the last team. I like this pattern we're developing. And this was a trade that a lot of players, uh, the reports that came out from the Mariners did not like at all. Kendall Graveman gets sent to Houston. Joe Smith and Abraham Toro get sent to the Mariners. A lot of people were not happy. I'm going to go with my grades first. I'll let Jack go second. Astros, A, they uh, they fleece the Mariners. I'll, I'll just say the Mariners, they got a D- from me. Because Kendall Graveman has been phenomenal. And a lot of Astros fans are like, well, we didn't get Kimbrell. We didn't get Richard Rodriguez. What are we going to do? It's like, you got... Kendall Graveman. He's been one of the best relievers in baseball this year. He has a sub one ERA. He has been phenomenal every time he's gone out there. I don't know how much he's been in that closing role, but he is closer material from how he's been performing. Joe Smith, on the other hand, is a veteran. He's had better days. He's has like a seven ERA in like 27 or some outings. Not good at all. Abraham Toro, I like him. He's fast. He can get on base, but like the Mariners must really see something in Abraham Toro right now. They must be like, 
I don't know. I don't know what everyone else is thinking, but Abraham Toro is our guy right now. And if Abraham Toro develops into the next Mike Trout, then the Mariners can point fingers at all of us and make fun of us. But Abraham Toro is not worth one of the best relievers in baseball because Joe Smith was really just an add-in, not a big factor in that deal. Not Abraham Toro, not worth one of the best relievers in baseball, especially considering you're in the middle of a wild card race. The Mariners are a good run away from winning that AL wildcard spot. I, this one does not make sense to me from the Mariners' perspective. The Astros got a great reliever, and he's going to really help him come playoff time. That, that's all I'll say. Sammy, I think I'm going to do it. I'm going to give the Astros an A plus, a plus on this trade because the Astros' biggest need was bullpen help. I mean, their their biggest need by far was bullpen help. And they just rec- acquired a guy with a 0.79 ERA. Like, there's nothing that is more perfect than that. And on the Mariners side of things, I, I'm going to give the Mariners an F. F? I think, not, I mean, Abraham Toro is a guy who a lot of the analytical people love. He's kind of their guy that they they look to and they say he's going to be really really good and above average bat one day, but to trade away your your closer when you're two games out of a wild card spot, yeah. what that does to a locker room? Because Seattle, the players were pissed. Don't get me wrong, they were pissed. And they were pissed. I would be if I was in the clubhouse. Oh yeah. And I think that not only is this a bad trade for the players on the field, but it's a bad trade in the Seattle Mariners locker room. So they get an F for me. Sammy, let's move on to Eduardo Escobar going to your Brewers. Not my Brewers, bro. They don't your Brewers. Your Brew Crew. Don't do that, Jack. I hate the Brewers. You Old love them. Cardinals. It's Old a love-hate. It's a love-hate thing. Yeah, okay. But – um. This was a pretty good deal. I, I think it makes sense at the end of the day. The Brewers needed that corner infielder. I, you know, we weren't really sure if they're going to go for a first baseman. Weren't many on the market. Um, but it, it kind of seemed like they're going to get a third baseman. And Eduardo Escobar was really behind Chris Bryant, the best third baseman available at the trade deadline. He's an all-star from Arizona, having a really good year. And we got to remember, in 2019, this guy hit... 30-some home runs, I think upper 30s home runs, almost 40. He's been an, he underrated, hit, he's been an underrated bat for a long he hit 35, time. He hit 35 home runs 35 in 2019. Home. He's been an underrated guy for a long time. Brewers have been weak at that position all year. This is going to really help to flesh out their lineup, and I think they have a good hold on the NL Central, but come postseason time, having the, the more bats you have, the better. It's obvious. It's pretty simple, but... This trade to me makes pretty good sense. I gave the Brewers a B minus. From the D backs, a C minus. I, I think I mean, I'll bump that up. C plus. I, I think they got what they the best they could get. Cooper Hummel, I like him. He's a catcher they got, has potential as a slugger in the lead. A lot of the reason people don't like him is the defense. And I think maybe you move him out of there. Maybe you try and develop that, but a bat is a bat. And if someone can hit you'll find a way to get them into the lineup. So I think for the D-backs, this could be a guy in the future that will 
be productive at the big league level. So I, a C plus. I mean, it hurts to give away Escobar, who's been one of your better players, but you're like the worst team in baseball. It makes sense to me. Uh, Jack, does it make sense to you? Hear this uh, Brewers D-backs trade. The Brewers needed a bat, and that is what Eduardo, Eduardo Escobar apply, provides. God, applies. You know, he's an all-star, but his numbers aren't all-star-like. You know, he's 9% better than the average player. He's a 109 OPS plus, bitch. You know, yeah, it's good, but it's not, like, better. It's not, like, above good. It's not, like, Hold between good and great. It's kind of, like, it's good. A 789 OPS, which is kind of mediocre. Uh, you know, 304 on base percentage, which is bad. That's what's hurting his OPS. Yeah, and and that's kind that's of the fun. thing that scares me a little bit. So I'm going to give a C, oh, a C plus to the Brewers because they definitely needed a bat. So I don't hate the move for them, but I don't love it either. So I'm going to give a C plus. And on... The Diamondback side of things, I'm going to give them a B minus. All right. So, you know, like you said, the prospect they got, great bet, but he struggles with fielding, right? And as a catcher, that's so important, but I don't think he has to be a catcher. You know, I think you can move him. I think you can move him to maybe a corner outfield spot or a corner infield spot. First base, exactly. First base, right? A bat is a bat, like you said. So They'll if you can acquire a bat, you know, you can do by it. all means. Yeah, the, your, good hitters are going to find their way in the lineup no matter what at any level of baseball. When you think about it, who are you going to take? The center fielder who makes every catch but bats 100? Or the center fielder who – or someone who bats 400 but you don't know where to put him defensively? You'll find somewhere to put him. You know, I, that, that, that's obviously an exaggeration. But uh, I do like this deal from both sides. It's a solid deal. That's all I got to say. Another deal that happened that has sparked controversy in the world of baseball. Starling Marte to the A's. Jesus Lazardo to the Marlins. Now, a lot of people are not happy with the A's for giving up Jesus Lazardo for a rental in Starling Marte. Jack, what is your verdict here? What's, what's your grade? Professor Feldman. I'm going to give I'm going to give the A's an A minus. Okay, I I'm sort of in agreement with you here actually. So and I'm, I'm I'm going to give the Marlins an A plus. I think that getting Jesus Lazardo for Starling Marte is absolutely unbelievable. I think, you know, I think Kim Eng did an incredible job in her first trade deadline, especially with this yeah. deal. Just just fantastic. Now, on the athletic side of things, giving up Jesus Luzardo, you know, is a big blow. He's a big prospect, but I think he, he kind of needs a change of scenery. And go get your guy. You're making a playoff push. Go get your guy. And Starling Marte is that dude. He is uber-athletic, puts the bat on the ball, has some sneaky pop. I, I love this move for both teams. See, Jack, I thought I would be in disagreement with you here. I thought you would be on the whole, how uh, the, the A's got fleeced by the Marlins. You know, I thought you'd be on that train. But I, I'm, I'm going to give, let's see, what, what did I write down? I gave the A's a B minus and the Marlins a B plus. So 
I, maybe the Marlins should be a little higher, but I, I do like acquiring Marte. I'm going to be perfectly honest because they needed a bat. And similar to the Brewers, when you can get a bat, get a bat. Go do it. Go get them. And the A's are a team that they've been in the playoffs the past few years, haven't been able to really win that many playoff series. So Have, it, have they gotten out of the wild card game? I, I don't even know if they've gotten out of the wild card game, to be honest. Um, and they've had some good teams, man. I mean, those the, the Matt and Matt duo is one of the most underrated duos in baseball. 100%. And get you know getting another bat, they needed that. Because obviously you have Loriano, who's had down offensive year from last year in the outfield. But besides that, it's Canna. You need another outfielder who can hit. And you got Marte. Super underrated, too. I mean, this guy's getting on base 40% of the time. He hits basically 300 every single year. He's been one of the most consistent bats in baseball, very quietly, for the past five or six years, dating back to his days in Pittsburgh. Another player the Pirates traded away. Pirates traded away a lot of guys. But I I like this trade. I gave it a B-plus for the Marlins, a B-minus for the A's, because it does hurt to give up Lazardo. But it's been a rough year for him. The walks have been up. The strikeouts have been down. He can't control the ball. I think it's change of scenery is perfect for Lazardo because the talent is clear. He had a good 2019 in the limited time he had, a good 2020 season. The Marlins rotation in the future with Lazardo, Alcantara, um, Sixto Sanchez, Trevor Rogers, that's going to be pretty scary i'm not even gonna lie to you jack that that is incredibly scary but jack you're gonna like this one right here oh yeah gallo to the yankees i'm gonna let you take the floor here i'll give my grades but jack probably has a lot to say here about joey gallo in one of the big moves of the deadline i have a lot to say so i'm gonna give an A-plus to the Yankees. I, An A-plus to the Yankees. I think that Joey Gallo is exactly what the Yankees needed. He's a guy who, he's not just a rental. He's also there for next year. So if, you know, you don't catch the Rays in the division and you lose in the wild card game, he is, it's not done. You know, he's still there for another year. And I think that's the really key part of the contract that, He's there for another year. He gives you great defense in the outfield. Now you have Judge and Joey Gallo. And then, you know, great. also, you know, if you want, if you it's if it's a must-win game, you put Santon in left. I mean, that's a huge outfield right there. Oh my God. Wow. Everyone's like six, five and above. But I mean, that's a great defensive outfield right there. So I mean, unbelievable on that aspect. And then you're acquiring an all-star that has 25 home runs. If he played all of his games at Yankee Stadium, I think I saw something where he would have like like 10 more home runs right now or something crazy like that. He has a 377 on base percentage. The dude gets on base. Who cares about his batting average? He gets on base. And on the Ranger side of things, I give them a D minus. They didn't get any prospects that are within the Yankees top 30. I mean, no one, literally, they got no one that has, like, any upside whatsoever, really, in my opinion, and they're paying the entire salary. I mean, the Yankees aren't paying a dime 
So that that's what makes this contract so incredible. The fact that the Yankees are paying nada. So yeah, I'm gonna go here. Joey Gallo to the Yankees. Yankees A plus. I agree with you, Jack. Um, they didn't give up any significant prospects. And Joey Gallo's a beast, especially that porch in right field. There are gonna be some big moonshots in the Bronx in these next few months with Joey Gallo, and you don't have to pay a dime. That's very nice. That is a big plus. For the Rangers, I'm going to give them a D plus. I think some of these prospects I read have been fast risers in the system. So the Rangers are counting on the fact that these guys, and you know, I'm going to boost that, boost that up to a C minus. C minus. Um, the Rangers are counting on the fact that these guys will continue to rise up through the system. So I don't really hate it. Joey Gallo was a guy that was probably not going to be part of the future of this team. The Rangers are not going to be good for a long time. Joey Gallo needed to play for a contender, a team that he could help right now. And here he is in the Yankees in a crowded AL wildcard race. It's going to be fun to watch. Now, these were two trades. Next up here, these were two trades, but it's two guys from the same team going to the same – like. Two guys from the Cubs going to the White Sox in two separate trades. So I'm just going to count them as one. Ryan Tapera and Craig Kimbrell going to the White Sox. White Sox acquire two of the Cubs' top relievers. And surprise, surprise, I'm giving the Cubs an A-. minus. Whoa. A-, minus. because guess what? As much as I hate to say it, this season is over. These are two guys that I believe it's a little are not. Kimbrell has the team option for or player option. No team option for next year. Excuse me, team option for next year. But the Cubs aren't going to be good next year, um, based on some things that may have occurred in the past few days. So no, it's just no, some, some some things, just things, things. Yeah, but Craig Kimbrell was not going to be a help to that team. Teams that aren't winning don't really need good relievers, so you need to get him away. Tapera, similar story. Um, but for Kimbrel, you got back two really good prospects in what I believe is the best haul that the Cubs acquired in this trade deadline. You got Nick Madrigal from the White Sox, who I love. I was talking about him earlier, I think, on the podcast a few months ago before he got hurt because he did have a season-ending injury, unfortunately, this year. He does not strike out. We're talking about Adam Frazier, too. I think before he got hurt, Adam, Fr or excuse me, Nick Madrigal was leading the league in strikeout rate in terms of low. His, his was the lowest in the league among qualified hitters. That's really good. And a big complaint in Cubs camp has been, oh, well, it's home run or nothing. You know, three two result team. We need to put the ball in play more. This is Jed Hoyer saying, okay, we're going to put the ball in play more because they already got some guys like, Nico Horner and I don't know Rafael Ortega who could be a part of the future who are not big power guys but are guys who can put the bat on the baseball and I like that you can build the power around that we also got Cody Hoyer not spelled like Jed Hoyer which is weird but uh, Cody Hoyer who is a very underrated prospect pitcher uh, MLB the show made a card of him and you know if MLB the show makes a card of a prospect they're going to be really good. So, Cubs A minus, um, White Sox B minus. 
maybe B plus. I might have to boost that up a little bit because they needed some bullpen arms and they got some bullpen arms. One of the best teams in the AL just got better. And they have two of the best relievers in baseball with Kimbrell and Liam Hendricks. Blows your mind a little bit. But yeah, Tapera also a very solid a solid addition into that bullpen. Jack, do you agree with me here on this uh, cross-town trade here in Chicago? Jimmy, I have the same grades as you. I think this is an unbelievable trade for the Cubs. I think getting Nick Madrigal for mm. a rental, basically. Not a rental, but you know, a guy in Craig Kimbrell. Great trade, but I think it's a good trade for the White Sox also. So I mean, yeah. It fills up the needs of both teams. That's a that's a legit bullpen, man. You have Liam Hendricks and Craig Kimbrell. That's that's crazy. That's awesome. All right. So now let's move on to another Chicago Cubs trade. Um this one we talked about a little bit earlier. This one was the first one that really hurt for me. Anthony Rizzo got traded to the Yankees. Um, You know, Rizzo's been a guy who's been a Cub basically his entire career. He was drafted by the Red Sox, traded as a prospect to the Padres, played a few dozen games as a Padre, traded to the Cubs, and then became a Chicago legend. Um, It's tough on the emotional perspective. And I think the Cubs got a decent haul back. Like I'm, I don't. They weren't fleeced. I'm giving the Cubs a C minus. I don't think it was great. I don't know if it was worth Rizzo because he's been heating up for what looks to be a really good second half. Emotionally too, obviously he's the face of your franchise, one of them. Um, so I, the Yankees though, B minus. Rizzo, B minus, really, one, maybe even higher, B, B plus. I'll give it a B really? plus. Really, I feel like that's a little bit low. I mean, I okay. Rizzo is not having one of his best years, but he is heating up, and he has the advantage of that porch in right field. Which also, when you're also going to a contender, you have to think is going to give him a little bit of a jolt. I'm sure it will. Uh, you know, I. Who knows how conflicted he is about leaving the Cubs, you know? I mean, obviously, like, he's sad about leaving the Cubs, and obviously he doesn't want to leave the Cubs, but I think going to a contender, you know, it, it, it puts it puts some energy into into his bat for sure. I'll give B-plus, though. I mean, because it's not, like, the greatest thing I've ever seen in the world. I, I think there's a chance that Rizzo, like, like I said, he hasn't been having a great year. Maybe he just won't be that good, but the Yankees didn't give it's up. He's been starting off well, I'll tell you that much. I've been. Um, so, yeah, but B-plus, I, I treat that as a pretty high grade, uh, my friend. But, yeah, Jed, what do you think on this trade? You talked about it a little earlier, but. I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it mm, B-plus. B-plus. I was thinking about A-minus. Nope, gonna, can't do that. Going to gonna go B-plus. The Yankees? Yeah. I think that the the one thing that the Yankees have lacked all year, they have lacked all year, is a soul, is energy, life. They've just been like corporate businessmen just showing up to the park, expecting to win, just doing their job. They have no fun. They have some, they have some fun guys on the team. Brugnet Odor. Very fun guy. He that man is everywhere. He is a part of every 
pitching mound meeting. He goes to every single mound meeting. If a guy gets injured in left field, he sprints out to left field. He's everywhere. He, he will he will get a high five at the beginning of a handshake line after someone hits a home run. Then he will go around to the back and high five again at the back. It is unbelievable. He is so fun. But Rizzo sparks this team, man. He gives them a boost of energy. He gives them fun. He gives them life. That is that is why I'm so high on this trade for the Yankees. He even though it is a rental, and they're the New York Yankees. If Rizzo plays super well, they're gonna re-sign him. So I'm not that worried about him only being here for half a season, but he just he just brings that dynamic. Him, he's a leader. The Yankees need leaders. A mixture of him and Luke Voigt as leaders. I love that man. Also, you have a shortstop who is he's played a lot better defense lately, but he's young. He struggled a little defensively. Bringing in a platinum glove first baseman makes him so much better. Not to mention it makes your entire infield 10 times better it is just such an awesome move and he's starting off with you know an over 2000 ops in his first two games two homers in his first two games meanwhile it's two games keep that in mind but if he can just be the the guy he's been his entire career because if you look at it Sammy, he's had one bad half season when the cubs were completely out of it so i don't know if you can say he's washed up i i'm not i am not saying i am I'm an Anthony Rizzo fan if there ever was one. I don't now, washed up. Um, but, you know, it hasn't been quite as much as it has been. Yeah. I, I think he can definitely get back on track. You know, it, it it's tough hearing you say all those things because it's true. What Rizzo brought to the Cubs every single day, not just as a ball player, not just the power, the slug that he brought on the field, but in the clubhouse. and the in slug. The, clubhouse, the soul. He was the soul of the Cubs. Um, so the Cubs right now don't have a soul. Maybe Wilson Contreras is the soul. I don't know. We'll have to figure that out. But uh, the Cubs are soulless because the Yankees have that soul. And that's value, too. Value isn't just numbers. It the Yankees just, have a soul, baby. It isn't just how many home runs you get, what your OPS plus is, what your WRC plus is, what your WOBA is. That's not... All that values a player. It's a big part of it. But with a guy like Rizzo, he is a personality. He's a guy that everyone connects to. He's a leader. He's a leader. The Yankees haven't really had that all year. I don't know if Judge is really that guy. He's a great player. So talented. I don't I don't disagree with I, that. I don't think Judge is that guy. I think he's a little shyer, which is fine. Not everyone has to be that guy. But Rizzo is that guy, and that could really help the Yankees. A good leader like that helps a contending team a lot, a huge amount. And now we're going to move on to what is probably, not probably, definitely the biggest trade that went down. It might be the biggest trade. It might be the biggest. It might be the, the biggest trade in the past, like, three years. It's one of them. I mean, I, I'd have to brainstorm a little bit, but... This trade is astronomical. If you haven't heard about this, uh, come back from the rock that you're living under because I don't know how you haven't heard about this or any of this, really. I mean, you should know all of this by now. But Max Scherzer, Trey Turner, our Los Angeles Dodgers? What? The Dodgers just got better. 
how does this team keep getting better? And, I mean, it's kind of hard to say. This is still a second-place team. And they, I mean, I was, had my money before this trade, before any of this, that they were going to come back and catch the Giants. And I love the Giants. They made some moves, too. But, man, oh, man, it is going to be tough to compete with this Dodgers team. I mean, you lost Bauer, right, with all the crazy stuff that's going on with him and his personal life. But you just got someone much better than Bauer. I mean, I, I, I'm being real. Max Scherzer is, to this day, a top pitcher in baseball. Top and he has, that, he has that killer mentality in the postseason. Yeah, exactly. And we're talking about how Rizzo brought the leadership to the Yankees. And Rizzo's is a little more for like a warm and fuzzy sort of thing. Scherzer brings a sharp, pierce, just like, you know, fierce competitiveness. That's a good word. To the Dodgers, right? Word now. pod. Especially that rotation. I mean, it's going to be tough to stop. And then you get – it was big enough because what happened was we heard the reports, Scherzer's uh, – Nationals and Padres close to a deal on Scherzer. So we're all like, oh, okay, he's going to the Padres. The Padres just got really good. And it, it must have hurt for the Padres when their rival in the NL West stole Scherzer from them and – and – acquired the national star shortstop in Trey Turner, who Corey Seager's out right now, but that's going to be a fun middle. I mean, how, what are you going to do when Seager's back? Seager at short, Turner at second? I would. Assume- I, I don't know. I know Turner wants to stay at short. I mean, who do you think is a better defensive shortstop? Turner's probably better defensively. Maybe, they're, both, maybe- they're both solid, though. They're both solid. They're both solid, but I mean – Whatever you draw it up, we talked about earlier, bats will get in the lineup, and the Dodgers have so many good bats. I mean, let's just run down the list right here. You have Cody Bellinger, former MVP, right? Betts, also former MVP. Trey Turner, one of the up-and-coming stars in baseball. Um, Max Muncy, one of the best on-base guys in the game. Uh, Will, Will Smith. One of the best offensive catchers in baseball. He's turned himself into an absolute stud. I haven't even mentioned Justin Turner yet. There are probably a bunch of other guys I haven't mentioned. Chris Taylor. I mean, this is ridiculous. It's an embarrassment of riches. That's what what it is. I don't know how this team won't win the World Series. This trade gets an A++ for the Dodgers because they did give up some significant prospects. But let's face it. They gave up Kbert Ruiz, right? He's their number. They gave up their number one and number two prospect. But okay, let, let me just put it to you this way: Ruiz is a catcher, right? Will Smith is probably going to be in Los Angeles for a long time. He's still very young. He's unbelievable, man. He's unbelievable. He's turned. He's flipped a switch past few years. He's going to be there for a long time. So, what's the point of having a top prospect catcher if he's just going to be stuck behind? Will Smith. I think it was smart to trade him away because you don't want to stunt his growth and mess up his career. And Josiah Gray, he's a guy I really like. I, I was reading about he's used uh Jack, you know Clean Fuego? I I I do. It's like yeah. the balls, but it's like this just a skinny part. It's like a, it's, it's like a disc. He's used those to transform his game. I've actually used those with my pitching coach a little bit. They're very interesting, but I found that interesting about him. I like both these guys. 
but the Dodgers rotation is also going to be stacked for years to come because, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with Scherzer, maybe a short-term extension, like two, three years, but you have Walker Bueller for the future. You have Dustin May. You have like Tony Gonsolin you can put into a starting role. I mean, they have so many options. So it's it hurts to give away Josiah Gray to an extent, but it's okay because you're acquiring Max Scherzer, like the best, one of the best starters in baseball. Jack, would, let's talk about the Dodgers. You could talk about the Dodgers first, and then we could do, talk about the Nationals' perspective on this trade. I mean, I have an A++ also. I mean, when you're in the middle, when you have an opportunity to chase a dynasty, you chase it. Now, yeah. three rings is a dynasty. Three rings is a dynasty. The Dodgers have one. So if you get one more ring, you're, you're allowed to go, you're allowed to go all out. And and fans will be okay with with if you get two to three rings, fans will be okay with a rebuild. They just they'll understand. So if you can go all out this year and next year and chase a dynasty, that's what you have to do. The Dodgers trust their farm, they trust their scouts. They trust their ability to draft and develop players because that's what they've done the past 20 years. They've drafted and developed players. You have an ace pitcher and a stud at shortstop for the next couple years. Four ace pitchers. I mean, you have Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw, Max Scherzer. That's just an unbelievable three headed monster. Oh my God. Bauer wasn't a psycho. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, Bauer, I think they're they're betting their money that he is not going to come back anytime soon. Honestly, I don't even know if Bauer's ever going to play again. Sammy, I, I don't think he will. Sammy, I, I might shock you here. All right. Guess what grade I gave the Nats? You're probably going to shock me by giving them a high grade, which I'm going to disagree with, actually. But uh, well, what's your what's your take here on the Nationals? What's your grade? A minus. A minus. So you really like these prospects. Uh, take us through it, and then I'll give my end of the bargain. So, Max Scherzer is a rental, right? He's a rental. That's what he is. And you're entering a full rebuild. It is clear that your World Series run was spectacular, but you made the wrong decision in signing Steven Strasburg over Anthony Rendon. I said it at the time. I'll say it now. That is, it is an abomination that they did that, but it happened. It's over, right? They're entering a full rebuild. You're not going to re-sign Max Scherzer. So, you know, why do you really care? You're not, you're done with him, right? You're done. Trey Turner. He's a guy. He, that, this, this hurts a little bit. And he, he is an unbelievable player. He's young. He's 28 years old. But if you're entering a full rebuild and you want to build around Juan Soto, who's 22, this allows you to free up the money to give Juan Soto that lifetime extension through his prime that you want to give him. So I'm okay with that. And you get back the, the, the Dodgers who have like a top three farm system in baseball. You get back their number one and number two prospects in Kiebert Ruiz and Josiah Gray. I love that for the Nationals. I absolutely love the. They got an absolute haul back, and 
they're entering a full rebuild, but this is going to give them a major head start, man. Yeah, and I don't disagree with everything you said. I gave the Nationals a C plus, which if a C is average, in my eyes, a C plus is above average. So I think they did good for what happened. But Scherzer, you had to trade. I think if you were in contention, obviously not, but he only has a few months left on his deal. And yeah, he's been so great for the city of Washington and everything, but you you had to get rid of him. Uh, there was no way you were keeping him. The value was too high. So that I completely understand. Not to mention he is mid-30s at least. He's pretty old, so it doesn't sting too bad because you're like, well, I don't know how much of a future he has anyway. Like, when's he going to retire? Who knows? Now, Troy Turner is where... It goes. It stings. It stings. That's where it really stings. And they would not have gotten this deal done without Trey Turner. If they didn't say to the Dodgers, wait a second, we might be willing to give you Trey Turner. What are you going to give us back? If they didn't say that, they probably would have just gotten the deal done with the Padres originally, as originally reported. Um, But yeah, it hurts. And I know the Nationals were talking, trying to get an extension done here midseason. And they just were not on the same page. I understand that. But that's where the issue lies. I I understand you want to build around Soto and give him what he wants. But Trey Turner is not like a player on his way out of being great. He's going to be great for years to come. He's just started his greatness, his journey. I mean, in my eyes, when they won the World Series, Trey Turner was good. He's only been great since last year. They have a lot of greatness left in Trey Turner. He's fast. He's been hitting for power. He's been hitting for average. He's a five-tool player. I love Soto, and you got to keep him. I mean, that's like non-negotiable, but to put everything on Soto, it's a bit of a risk for me. I mean... I love it's, Soto. It, it, it's, it's a bit of a risk. I I think he's going to be a stud. But, you know, stuff happens. You know, I it, like, who knows? Maybe Soto gets hurt. Maybe you give him everything you got and he still wants more. And he just goes, signs with, goes to sign with a big market. Like, who knows what Soto will do. But you're putting so much on that. And if you lose Soto, you are completely screwed. That's my he's, I mean, he's a if you're starting a rebuild, I don't know if there's anyone in baseball that I would rather have than Juan Soto. Sure. Arguably a, a top three hitter in baseball who's 22 years old. I mean, come I on. I, I don't because disagree with He that. stayed pretty fairly injury-free. That's the knock on, on Tatis. Yes, he's a shortstop, but getting injured a lot. No, I, I don't disagree with you on, on that front at all. I just think, why can't you try to work, maybe get Turner extended too? So if Soda doesn't work out, you have a backup. Like, it, you're not completely screwed because they will be completely and utterly screwed if something happens to Soto. He is their prized possession. But how much, how much value does Scherzer hold on his own as a rental? Because we've seen it. Rentals are not getting paid that much. Especially like a 36-year-old rental. 
Now, that's the thing. I don't think they would have gotten a great haul. They would have gotten a decent haul for sure. But if you're starting a rebuild, don't you think having, I mean, these two generational prospects is, is worth it? Anyway? I'd rather, I would rather have Trey Turner than these two guys. I, I'm being frank. I, I, I'd much rather have Trey Turner than Kbert Ruiz and Josiah Gray. I, I love these two prospects. I really do think they're both going to be studs. I've talked about Gray. Um, I haven't talked about Ruiz as much, but it's clear that he can be a catcher that gets it done from both sides, defensively and offensively. But sometimes, like we're talking about, prospects, it's a very volatile business. A lot of prospects just don't do what they're supposed to. And Trey Turner has already shown that he can do it in the big – like he's a star already. And he's still so young. I mean, I don't know exactly how old. Maybe like 26, 27? 28. 28. And, and, and all the points you're making are completely fair. Yeah. I. For me, it's a tough deal for the Nationals, but for what the situation was, considering Scherzer was a rental, you were going to get rid of him. Considering you did not meet – you didn't see eye-to-eye eye with Trey Turner, you got the best haul you could. You got a really damn good haul. It, but it's definitely tough to give away Turner a lot more than Scherzer. Now, another national who got the shaft, as many nationals did, Kyle Schwarber, former Chicago Cub, my boy, Kyle Schwarber, is going to be joining the Red Sox in Boston in the middle of a AL East division race with the race. They're trying to stay up there in first. So, Jack, let's go nationals first. Let's stick with the nationals here. What's their grade for the nationals? I mean, I gave the Nationals a, a B minus. I think that if you're going into a full rebuild, you know, a guy who's going to be on the injured list is not going to help you at all. So it, it makes total sense to sell him at his highest value. And, you know, they didn't get anyone back that, you know, jumps out at me. So I tried to give them the most mediocre grade I could, and I thought a B minus was the most mediocre grade I could give. Fair enough. Maybe I should have given a C plus or, but I, I think a, a B minus is fine. All right, Jack. I'm gonna. This is gonna be a little bit of a shocker here. Really? Give the Nationals an A minus. Really? This Kyle Schwarber deal. It was a one year uh, free agency deal for Kyle Schwarber. There was no attachment. There was no long term. Like, this guy is going to be part of the rebuild. I love Schwarber, but injuries have kind of doomed his career. It's a fact. He hits bombs, but it's it, hitting bombs is only so much when you're on the field for, like, maybe, like, 80, 90 games a year. Like, that's my thing. They got a pretty good prospect. I was reading a little bit about Aldo Ramirez, and I liked a lot what I saw. He isn't your typical – he's a pitcher. Isn't your typical – I throw 100, and my slider moves 12 inches and is 85 miles an hour. Like, he's not that kind of guy. He reminds me a little bit of, like, Adam Wainwright, Kyle Hendricks, and I like that. He's maybe low 90s. Always, I, I, I know you always got to get that Cubs comparison in there. Always. Always, always got to get that Cubs comparison in there. Always got to get the Cubs comparison, but I really like him. He, the fastball velocity has increased the past few years. He has great control. The changeup has turned out to be a really good pitch for him. So the Nationals acquired Josiah Gray 
And this is another guy that I think can sneakily rise up and become a part of that rotation in the future, a solid piece. And for Kyle Schwarber, 100%. I mean, I'd go for it. So, Jack, we got, let's see, let me count. One, two, three, four deals left to do. And then, Uno, dos, tres, cuatro. And then we'll be out of here. We won't take any more of your time after that. But the four deals we have left are pretty big ones. Jose Barrios, the Twins, arguably the Twins' ace, right, is not the Twins' ace anymore. He is the Blue Jays' ace. I'd put him above Ryu. So oh, I would not. Hmm. Yeah, maybe not above Ryu. I actually like Ryu, but no matter the case, the Blue Jays acquired a great pitcher and the Twins. Twins did a good job here. They got some prospects back for Jose Barrios. Jack, what's your grade here for the Twins? What's I'm just curious. What, what what well why don't we just give them, you know, a final countdown? Who are the other four? What are the other four players or trades that we're going to be going over? All right, Jack. Uh, bias. Bias. One. Kyle Gibson, Ian Kennedy to the Phillies. I that was, That's a very interesting one to me. And last but uh, very much. Okay. Last. Okay. And then, you know. Yeah. Okay. Sammy. Last but not least. Can we have a drum roll for this one? Okay. I know it hurts, but it's going to be okay. We're going to get through this together, Sam. I understand Chris Bryant, your favorite Cubs ever. Those those blue eyes. I understand. It sucks, but we're going to get through this together, Sammy. Uh, will we, though? I don't know, man. Uh, you want to save that one for last, or you just want to jump right into it? Let's save it for last. I, I'm not ready yet. Okay, you're not. We, he's still got to get over it. He's not ready yet. So we'll start off here with Jose it. Barrios, and I'm going to give this a B plus for the Blue Jays. I think that they went. They needed a pitcher. They went out and got a pitcher. They gave up a hell of a lot, but they they filled a positional need. So I got to give them a blue B plus. But I'm giving an A plus to the Twins. I think this might be the best deal of the deadline for any team. Getting back Austin Martin, I mean, how did they get this guy is a generational prospect? They got back Austin Martin. I mean, it, it just sounds crazy just coming out of my mouth. So they get an A plus plus. A plus plus. I am gonna go, gotta check here, make sure. I'm giving the twins an A plus as well. I mean, Jose Barrios is good, but are you kidding me? Austin Martin, the number five overall pick from last summer's draft. I mean, he, I think Vandy product, I believe. Uh, he's a Vandy boy. He's Vandy a Vandy boy. boy. Vandy boy. I mean, you know the p- kind of players Vanderbilt produces. Austin Martin is a stud, and the Twins have him. And, you know, prospects are never a guarantee. But this is one of them that you can kind of put your money on, that he's going to be solid for the Blue Jays, on the other hand. I gave a B-. minus. I... Uh, you know, you had to get Barrios. You needed help with the starting pitching. You addressed a need and a major need. You got it. You had to do that. I don't fault them. They gave up so much, though. Like, I know they wanted to get their guy, but there were plenty of starting pitchers available in my eyes um, that you could have gotten. 
a guy, Kyle, uh, Kyle Davies. Everyone always says that. Uh, Zach Davies from the Cubs. I think you're the only one that says that. Zach, I've heard other people do that. It's very okay. What have you say? Zach Davies from the Cubs. Uh, one of the most sought after trade pieces, really. He's been having a great past few months after a rough start to the year. Sub three ERA. He's been solid. They could have went out and gotten Davies. And it probably would have been just as good. And I guarantee you the Cubs would not have demanded Austin Martin. But, uh, you know, the Twins got a haul. I hope Barrios works out for the Blue Jays. If he does, maybe it's worth it to them. You know, if you make a run in the playoffs, it's absolutely worth it. But, you know, if you don't get in the playoffs, it's like, oh, wow. You just kind of... I disagree. I disagree. Because this is a team that... They have Brios under control for the next couple years. So I don't think they, by any means, they have to make the playoffs this year. I think that they, they have a super young core, just the course of the trade. I think they got to make a run, but I think this year there is absolutely no pressure on the Blue Jays to do anything, let alone make the playoffs. Sammy, we're going to do the last three quick fire as fast as possible because we just want to rip the bandaid off. We don't want to spend too much time talking about Chris Bryant because you could be here for, I mean, 10 hours talking about Chris Bryant. So we're going to try to move it along here. Kyle Gibson, Sammy, what are your thoughts on him? I liked this trade for both sides, Kyle Gibson and Ian Kennedy to the Phillies. I mean, the Phillies needed pitching and you know what they did? They got a starter and a reliever, two guys who have been solid this year. Kyle Gibson, one of the biggest surprises in baseball, but uh, from the Phillies, or no, excuse me, from the Rangers' perspective, I gave them an A. I gave the Rangers an A in this trade. Billy, Whoa. Billy, Whoa. I didn't already say that because Kyle Gibson and Ian Kennedy are two guys on the older side. They're veterans. You're not a winning team. There's no chance you're going to need these guys. And they got a pretty good haul. They got a top 30 prospect in baseball in Spencer Howard, one of the better hauls we saw at the trade deadline. He struggled at the big league level in limited time, but I'm sure this guy will be a success once he comes up. Really good stuff, and his repertoire, or his, uh, his resume, I should say, uh, in the minor leagues is astounding. So the Phillies got what they needed. I think they're a team that can make a surprise run in the NL East. I- I'm going to be frank. I think the Mets, with DeGrom and the injuries, you know, they didn't – I don't know if they did what they – wanted to do in acquiring a starter. They were trying to get Zach Davies from the Cubs. They got Trevor Williams, who's been horrible all year. They did not address a need in starting pitching. The Phillies addressed a need in a major way. But what the Mets did do, and Jack, I'll turn it back to you, they got Javi Baez. It's hard to imagine this guy in another uniform, but I guess it's not anymore since he's already had a game under his belt as a New York Met. Here we go, another sob story. But I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna Jack, go to bed here. Just Jack, I won't take you too long here. <sighs> so, what is your grade here, Javi Baez to the Mets, both teams? I'm gonna give a B to the Cubs. You know, actually, scratch that. I'm gonna give a B plus to the Cubs. You got, uh, you, there's a guy who you know you're getting rid of. And you got Pico Armstrong, who he's young. He's dealing with an injury right now, but he's a legit prospect. He's the only reason why this isn't an A for the Cubs is just for the the sole fact that he's so 
you know, he, he's injured right now and he hasn't played in a while. So it's so volatile. But I love what the Cubs did here. This, I mean, this could be bumped up to an A, A plus range in an instant. Yeah. Okay. Now, with the Mets, Sammy, yeah. I'm giving this a D. Yeah. Okay. They needed starting pitching. They needed starting pitching. And they got Javi Baez. I get he hit a home run in his first game tonight, but he's a guy who has an on-base percentage under 300. He is, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Sammy, you know this way better than I do being the, the Cubs fan, but he is an extremely streaky hitter. And the Mets lineup is extremely streaky. Pete Alonso, Francisco Lindor, J.D. Davis, Jeff McNeil, all extremely sneaky, inconsistent hitters. And you're just adding another one when you knew that Jacob DeGrom was going to be injured, and that's what you do? You add another bat? You needed a lockdown pitcher, my friend. And the fact that they didn't get it is an abomination. Yeah, I agree. They needed it. I, I, I just I, thought I, that, that slam was necessary. That was very sorry. necessary. Thank I, you. I Thank agree. You. Yes, that it was, was impactful. Necessary. Impactful. But uh, this was a trade that was a blockbuster. There's no doubt about it. But uh, what are the Mets really? I mean, I love Baez, right? I, I want him to be Cub forever. But what are the Mets really getting? I mean, they're getting a half a year of one of the most streaky hitters in baseball. One of the highest strikeout, the highest strikeout guy in baseball. This guy strikes out more than anybody. And yes, he's a ton. Yeah. But, you know, you got Alonzo for that. You know, L Lindor can bring the power. Dominic Smith can bring the power. Like, that wasn't a need. You didn't really need a second baseman that much. They they were feeling that defensively, which I will say, it is going to be fun to watch Baez and Lindor defensively once Lindor. Oh, yeah. Goes. Oh, can you that, imagine them turning a double play? That is going to be pretty special. Special. special, especially you know the you know the, brother the only brother. guy, the only guy that can slap a tag down better than Lindor is Baez. Oh, that that is accurate. But uh, I'm giving it a C minus. I don't hate it as much for the Mets as you do. I hate it for the Mets. I mean, because Baez has been playing pretty well lately. That's what I will say. The strikeouts are still there, but the power is also there. The doubles, the base hits, and of course, the home runs. Cubs, though, I'm giving a B minus. Pico Armstrong is an athlete, to say the least. I think outside of uh what what's the name? Who's the guy you guys got back from the White Sox in the Kimbrough trade? Madrigal or Madrigal. I think outside of the Madrigal deal, Pico Armstrong was the was the best player that you guys got back in any of the sell-offs that the Cubs did. I think he's he's the best prospect you guys have. Yeah. Or got, not have, but got from any of the trades. I think he should be on the top 100 list, and I'm not like the most informed guy you've ever seen. I, I think he, he he would be on the top 100 list if he was healthy, but he's dealing with an injury right now. Yeah. Um. All right, Jack. And we will we won't spend too much time on this, but the time has come. Oh, brother! Here we go. Here we go. This is the big Kahuna. You thought the Rizzo and the Bias parts were bad. If you're if you're not looking for a sob story here, Sammy might cry. We might see. Sammy Crimson cry. Not, okay, so, Gary, without I'm, further ado, I'm going to pass the microphone over to my friend Samuel here. I'm going to be open and honest. I cried the night Rizzo got traded. I That was devastating to me. And I think that night, I didn't. I did not think Baez was going to go. Um, 
But I think I knew deep down within me, as much as I was denying it, that um, it was inevitable that Bryant was going to get traded. Like, there was no way around it. Um, you know, it was tough. I mean, Brian, uh, like I said before, Brian's been my guy. I was absolutely thrilled, you know, as much as it hurt to be able to send him off in person. And that's park yesterday. Seeing him for one last time as a cub, you know, it hurts. But, uh, the prospects that we got back, not, I don't know. Chris Bryant is just such a big figure in not only Chicago sports history, but just the way he's been playing this year. He's been really good this year. He was an MVP candidate for a while there at the beginning, but he's been a solid all-star guy. I don't know if you got the haul you wanted to get. I heard the Cubs were selling high on Chris Bryant. And when I heard at first that the Cubs were getting Joey Bart and Lamont Wade back from the Giants, I was like, Oh, you did it back? Yeah, I was like, that that's selling high. To me, that was selling high. That was like, all right, you really got some studs. And you know, that was a fake report. I was not accurate. Talk about fake reports surrounding Chris Bryant. Bob Nightingale should yeah. be killed. Yeah, oh, I am not one to promote violence, but if somebody if somebody accidentally pushed nudge Bob Nightingale off a bridge, I mean, I'm not batting an eye, I'll tell you that much. That was hilarious because a fake Jeff Passan account, right, posted about, uh, you know, Chris Bryant traded to the Yankees, a fake Passan account, and Nightingale fell for it. I mean, that is not good. Reporting. I mean, that's his job. I mean, come on. Can you imagine if he if he was like a police officer or he had a job that like actually impacted people's I mean, safety? Jack, Jack, I am a 16, random 16-year-old kid. And as soon as I saw the fake passing tweet, which I saw before the Nightingale tweet, I knew it was fake. I was like, I, at first I was like, wait, what? And then I was like, wait, there's no check mark. There's nothing on this account. He has one follower. Yeah, it's fake. Are you telling me that one of the biggest baseball reporters in the game couldn't go through that process like I did? I, I guess not. You know, uh, yeah. But in terms of the prospects we got back, um, you know, one of them is a guy who, on you know, one of them is Caleb Killian, right-handed pitcher, and Alex Can Alexander Canario. And neither of them are top 100. Which, really? I mean, I know that's like a very subjective subjective list, whatever, but we're talking Chris Bryant here. Um, the Giants have a good amount of top 100 prospects. I counted it was like four or five. It's like, I don't see why not. And Jack, correct me if I'm wrong, Trey Turner, this was the last year of his deal, correct? Correct. So if the Nats... Trey Turner, no. Trey Turner is not a rental. I don't think... Or maybe it's arbitrary. See, I'm trying to draw a comparison here, but Trey. Turner. Yeah, I would say a good comparison would probably have been. I would say probably Lindor oh. before he got traded, maybe. So Trey Turner is not a rental. He is still arbitration next year, but he's an unrestricted free agent after that. But still, 
just when you look at some of the other trades that happened and some of the other hauls other teams got, and I know some of the guys had weren't rentals, but I feel like the Cubs could have gotten a little bit more for Chris Bryant. I mean, the, the, the homegrown hero, you know, it just sucks. It really sucks. And the Cubs actually didn't only not get a top 100 prospect in this deal. They didn't get any top 100 prospects from gutting the whole team. And I, a lot of these trades were decent trades. I think the Baez trade and the Kimbrel trade needed to happen, and they got good hauls for that. Some of the reliever trades, you got good hauls. But Bryant and Rizzo, I just I don't think they got what they needed to get where it was worth trading them. I agree with that. Because what could have happened, maybe you don't extend Bryant, which I still think is a possibility. If, if the Giants don't do it, the Cubs could absolutely swoop in there and make Bryant part of the future again, which I would love. But um, they, if they don't want to extend him, whatever. I think getting giving him the qualifying offer, Bryant denying the qualifying offer, and the Cubs getting a first-round draft pick from compensation, that would be much better than this deal in my eyes. Because I think I trust what they can do with through the draft. They've had a good draft history the past couple of years. But um, at the end of the day, you know, this is the end of the episode here. One of the weirdest times to be a sports fan for me. It just, you know, seeing all of these guys who have been so big in this city, in Chicago, get just sent off in 24 hours. The worst 24 hours in Cubs history. Easily. So it sucks. Um, we got some good prospects, though. And I, That's you know, I, I, as much as I hate Jed Hoyer right now, I literally am so angry at him. I got to trust what he's doing. I have no other option. And I got to have hope that in a few years, Cubs are going to be back where they were. And I'll have some new guys to put my heart into. Uh, and we still got Contreras. We still got Hendricks. So. That's cool. But uh, Jack, any last words here? We, we covered the trade deadline. It was a fun episode. Uh, we'll be talking about some other stuff, basketball, football, because there has been a lot that's been happening in those sports sooner than later. Sammy, I think it was more of a sad episode for you. I don't think I, I don't think it was a fun episode for you, but nevertheless, it was an incredibly awesome episode for Moa. I had a great time. Sammy, I hope you had a great time, and we will see you guys next time on Shatter from the Cheap Seats. Sammy, take us out, babe. Bye.